Storytime with Avant-Garde Books. I'm Sheree Hardy, and today I will continue reading M.C. Higgins the Great. This book was written by Virginia Hamilton. If you have it, you can follow along with me. If you don't, it's quite okay. Get in a very, very comfortable place and get as relaxed as possible and listen quietly to M.C. Higgins the Great. With palms seeming flat against the air, they gave a silent salute, Macy jumping up and down like a starving creature about to be fed. Then, Benina had begun to sing, coming home, walking with the strength that was tired now, but never left her. She sang them how the day had been for her. She sang so all the hills could hear. As night came creeping, came sweeping over the land. Her voice told the hills what they already knew, but in a way that only she could tell it. Daddy, Macy had said, going to her father. Shh, I want to hear it all. It was Harper. Daddy, Macy had said again. Jones grunted. He had been listening, but he shook himself seemingly awake. With one arm, he lifted Macy Pearl onto his shoulders. She held his neck with skinny arms. Her heels dug into his armpits. Then the two of them went down the side of Sarah Jones. Sarah's. Jones was trotting so that he could reach Benina before she hit the gully in darkness. MC with Lenny and Harper had waited for that moment when their mother's laughter would explode in the night when she ran into Jones and Macy in the dark. It happened. They had heard her talking in that high heel way she had that gave no hint of the voice behind it. There was still enough light on the outcropping where they waited for them to see her face clearly. The air had turned slightly cooler, MC remembered. There had been a breeze, warm and damp, with rain coming, and then where there had been only shadow. She was there, Jones with Macy, riding shoulder high, materialized next to her. MC had given Benina a pole trick. Although it was his day, the trick was his birthday present to her. He took his feet from the pole pedals. Placing his hands on the pedals instead, he balanced his body in a shaky handstand. Her laughter had exploded again. The contralto sound of it came as if from an echo chamber as it bounced around the hills. MC, honey, she said, that's real pretty, but you're going to burst your head wide open like a sweet melon fall down from the wagon and break your poor mama's heart too. Then she giggled. MC remembered smiling. He'd kept his face hidden from her until he had slid down the pole to stand before her. He stood there seeing that light he loved so out of her eyes. She had skin tanned reddish from the sun. It looked dark, smooth, and shining with perspiration. She was nearly as tall as MC, with a posture straight and proud. She was a pretty good as she was pretty good as a swimmer. Like MC and Jones too, she loved water. Unlike the land, water was something to play in. With one hand, she had taken MC by the shoulder to peer into his face. It was then he noticed she held a shopping bag in the other hand, with her pocketbook inside, on top, 
She carried the bag the long distance home. I'm fine, MC said without any prompting. They had so little chance to be together. He had answered her unasked question to save time. At once, they were deep in conversation. You going to swim with me sometime soon? When can you swim if you be working, he had asked. Early, she said, by dawn light in the cirque. You think you can make it? I'll even let you beat me. She had laughed and turned from him to the two boys. She set the shopping bag down and reached in under her pocketbook. Her hands came out of the bag full of something for each of them. Shyly, the boys came slowly to stand before her. It wasn't their birthday, but they knew she wouldn't forget them. Not until they were close to her did they discover she held three neat sacks of candy. They took the candy and Harper gave one sack to Macy. Silent, looking up at Bonita, they had waited to see if that was all, but no, for she had leaned down over them. Soon, she and the boys were whispering and giggling, planning some game or other. Maybe breakfast would be taken at the foot of MC's pole, or maybe they would all sleep out tonight within the mystery of the great arbor. She took her pocketbook out of the shopping bag. Reaching down again, she had come up with a big square box. She opened it and handed it to MC. He caught a whiff of chocolate. Cake, just for him to share with them. Last, she handed him a package tied with ribbon. He knew it was a shirt or something. Socks, maybe, a pair of dress pants. He had been too happy even to say a word of thanks. Fall on your bending, she had said softly then. I'm tired, me. Jones had swung Macy down, MC with Macy at his heels and the boys behind her, had led them away from the darkness that had encircled them. With a square box of the cake held carefully in front of him and with the birthday package on it, on top of it, he had been the strutting leader of the parade. Jones had folded Benina to his side and they had all walked into the house away from the night. Chapter 5 MC felt cool all over. For a while, he sat where Jones had left him, remembering the way his mother had come home to them. No more birthdays here, he thought. As if waking, he saw that the sun had slipped away from him, down the side of Sarah's, across the gully, and to, and right, and to the right toward the Cirque and the Westward River. With his mind remembering, he had been staring riverward. He'd seen something odd for more than 15 minutes without its registering on his mind. Up from the river, there was something that glinted and flashed. It vanished and then, in a split second, it glinted and flashed again. Things always did sparkle and glitter along the river, but not so far from it, he thought. He grew tense, straining to see. He should have moved sideways so that whatever was glinting wouldn't shine in his eyes. He knew his family ought to be out there somewhere, waiting on the road or just about to start on their way home. He began to worry now, searching for the thing that would suddenly glint, flash at him, and suddenly vanish. For a time, he lost it in the trees stretching for miles above the river. He got up and walked over to the side of Sarah's where he could see more of the steel town 
and the timber line along the hills. Time passed before MC spied a glinting flash of the eastern slope of a foothill. He cupped his hands around his eyes, cutting out from his sight all but one vision. Not moving steady, he thought. Is it a walking light? No, the glints are too fast. That's what it is, running to beat the night. It has far still to go. The sun has caught to something. But what glints like that, on and off? MC thought of rushing down there. It would take him time to reach the steel town. Besides, he wanted to be home when the dude came back. Maybe it's Mr. Lewis or the other one. He thought of the girl. She's still out there wandering. He wondered why his father had supposed he would have spent time with her. Maybe he should have. Maybe he would next time. Was there to be another time? He stood utterly still, waiting to see if his mind could tell him. He felt slightly dizzy, as if he was swaying too hard on his pole. Falling into a reverie, he could no longer see the countryside. Instead, he sensed the girl close to him in the darkness. Although she was invisible, he could feel her slight form change and charge the space around him. But then the vivid impression of her faded. Once again, he saw hills, daylight. So that's who, he thought, searching the land. To catch her moving along without being heard or seen would take a lot of time. Clear, dark ground there by then. He knew how night could be a trap once the sun had been blotted out of the hills. Would have to move so fast and quiet once I got near her, like stalking on a hunt. With his hands in his pockets, one hand touched rabbit fur. It froze a second, and then he remembered he had carried the knife wrapped in fur the whole afternoon. I'm too tired. Stalking will take muscle. Dude would stay close to town, momming them on the north side if they'd started home. Has to be the girl. MC had an idea. He rushed inside the house before he knew for sure what he would do with the idea he had. In the kitchen, he looked around, searching for something. Seeing the stove, he remembered he hadn't prepared anything for supper. Only leftovers. Mama can do that. He held his hand over the stove and could barely feel heat rising. So he threw in sticks of kindling and a few pieces of coal. He grabbed a box of matches and pocketed them. Next to the icebox, he saw the butcher and mop with which he was supposed to clean the kitchen after every meal. MC felt the mop. Wet, he said, but then something dawned on him. Hurry up, he told himself. He carried the mop to his mother and father's bedroom. The room was semi-dark. There was a light with a pink shade clamped to the headboard of the bed. Above it on the wall was a calendar with a brown baby smiling. All right, I'm going to stop here, boys and girls. That was pages 83 through 89, and I'll just keep reading until I finish the book, M.C. Higgins the Great, written by Virginia Hamilton. I hope you enjoyed this story. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.